Well, listen, uh, we're going to talk about something pretty heavy today. We're going to talk about lying. How many of you have ever told a lie? Let me see your hands. Wow. I have two. All right. And uh, we have a, a group of uh, experts on truth-telling who are with us this morning. You're going to help me get things started out. So welcome out the uh, great, great panel of truth-tellers, will you please? Wow, that's a smoke. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Are you guys experts? Yeah. Yes. Are you telling the truth? Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. I cool, guess. all right. So here's my first question I want to ask you guys, all right? Um, well, what is lying? What, what is lying, Mary? Lying is against the truth. Okay. Who else knows what lying is? Yes, sir. When you say something that isn't real. When you say something that's not real. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, yes. Yeah? Maybe once? Oh, okay. All right. All right. Okay. So uh, here's another question uh, I want to ask you guys. Why do you think people tell lies? Divine, why do you think somebody tells a lie? So they don't get in trouble. So they don't get in trouble. Have you ever been in trouble? No way. Somebody as beautiful as you. Are you sure? Just maybe once? Twice? Okay. All right. All right. Uh, what else do people uh, tell lies? Mary? So they don't have to face the consequences. So they don't have to face the consequences. It's a huge word coming from somebody so small. You did very good. <laughs> Say it again. Consequences. Consequences. Very good. I like that. You're very good. Okay. Anybody else? Gentlemen? Okay. Well, here's another question for you. Um, in what areas might somebody like you be tempted in? What, what could be something that would tempt you, Noah? Um, if you come home from school and you know that you got in trouble... And when your mom and dad ask you if your day was fine, you say yes. <laughs> Has that ever happened to any of anybody you know? <laughs> Maybe. Has that ever happened to you? Nah, I'm not going to put you on the spot, all right? You're, you probably never... What, okay, what would be another circumstance where you're tempted to lie, Mary? Like when you... Take money or candy from your brother or sister, then you say you didn't. Oh. Has that ever happened to you? Yes. Really? Yes. Okay. It's painful when that happens, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Can you think of any other times you might be tempted to lie? Yes. When you break something and you tell your mom that um, your brother did it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I have, I'm guilty of that. I have a, a younger brother. But anyway, um, let me ask you one last question, okay? Why is it always best to tell the truth, sir? So you don't get in trouble. So you don't get in trouble, of course, all right? Noah? Because uh, it's what God wants you to do. Absolutely. Right? Because if you tell a lie, then um, other people can get in trouble from your lie. It hurts lie. other people, right? Mary? Honesty is the best policy. <laughs> That's very good. Did you make that up? Mm-mm. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. One more time, let me hear it. Honesty is the best policy. Very good. All right, give them a hand. They all did a great job. See ya. <laughs> I think we'll use them every weekend. They're that good. All right, and just so you don't think it's slave labor, we gave them all a Dairy Queen gift card, okay? 
Um, lying is a problem, by the way, in our culture. Lots of people struggle with it. Some people say we're at a place where lying is epidemic. And a survey was given some years ago, and it was called The Day America Told the Truth. And Americans were asked about lying, and here's the uh, response. 91% of Americans admit to lying regularly at work and at home. I mean, take a look at that. 91% admit to lying, not once in a while, occasionally, but regularly at work and at home. And when they were asked... To whom do you tell your lies? Here was the response. First of all, 86% said they lied to the parents. How many of you are parents? Let me see your hands. Would you verify that? Probably being true. Okay. The next, uh, 75% said they lied to their friends. And uh, 73% said they lied to siblings, brothers and sisters lying to each other. And finally, 69% said that they lied to their spouses. So, The question is, how is it that we have become such a nation of liars? I mean, why is it that lying today is as easy as taking a breath? It's just become very common and almost fashionable. I was just thinking the other day about how we laugh about lying in our culture today. Late night comedians do it all the time and you know, we're at a place in our, our culture today where um, saying, a poli- saying the word politician is synonymous with saying liar. And uh, that's because so many have been caught lying. And I'm not saying every politician is a liar, but we see it so much. And oftentimes when they get up to speak, we just, we just know they're lying. They know they're lying, but we all pretend and we kind of all go along with it. The question is, does God... Does God just play along with it? Does God just kind of look the other way and say, eh, that's how human beings are. That's just what they do. The answer to the question is absolutely not. God feels very strongly about the whole issue of lying. And when he was forming together the nation of Israel, he gave them ten commandments. And that's what our series has been all about. How to build a successful family based on the ten commandments that God gave. And one of those commandments had to do with the issue of lying. Found in Exodus chapter 20. We're coming to a close in our series. We've got one more to go, so hang in there. By the way, if you haven't brought your jars in, you know, I challenge you every time you misuse God's name or hear it misused or break any commandment, put some money in the jar and bring it in. If you didn't do it this weekend, bring it in next weekend. We're going to give that money to help out a Christian school in the Philippines that's reaching out to Muslim kids. But uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, here's what it says. Read it with me. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. In other words, what God is saying there is don't lie. Don't lie to me and don't lie to each other. Lying is wrong. Now we know that God hates sin. Does not hate the sinner. That's why he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross so that sinners could be saved like me. But he does hate sin. And there are some sins that God, like, hates and then he puts uh, an exclamation mark behind it. And lying is one of those sins. Over in the book of Proverbs chapter 6, for instance, we read in verse 16, There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family. Now, did you catch it? 
There are two times there in that passage of Scripture I just read where God makes it clear that he doesn't like lying, that he hates lying, that lying is a detestable sin to God. And the question is, well, why does God hate lying so much? And the answer to that question is because lying in its very form is demonic. Lying in its very essence is demonic. Let me explain to you what I mean. In John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus is speaking. He's talking about the devil, and here's what he says. He says, Satan was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character. Finish it with me. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I lie, I act as though Satan is my father rather than God being my father. Because the very essence of who Satan is is that he's a liar and he tells lies and he makes lies up and he tries to injure with lies. And he deceives us with lies. So write down this first principle, if you will, please. Simply stated, lying is wrong because it means what? I don't trust God. Lying is wrong because it means I don't trust God. Let me show you what I mean. Take your Bibles and turn back to the book of Genesis chapter 3. Let's go back to the very beginning of that passage where Satan enters the world and tells a lie to Adam and Eve, which they believed and followed through on, even though they knew better, and got us in the mess that we're in today. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 starts like this. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. Now she's exaggerating there. God didn't say it. But when she exaggerates there, you, you, you know now she's really focused on that tree. If you do, you will die. Here's the lie. Verse 4. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. In other words, what Satan was saying to Adam and Eve, Adam was standing right there, is that you can't trust God. That God is keeping something from you. And if you'll just take what he's keeping from you, you'll be fulfilled. Don't trust God, trust me. I'm looking out for you. And I'm concerned about what's going to be best for you. Now, folks, listen. That is at the kernel of every lie we tell. It's at the kernel of every sin we commit. It's all about us. It's all about thinking what's going to serve us best, not trusting God that what he said is the truth and is what will actually benefit us the most. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Um, one of my weaknesses, and I have several, um, my biggest is ice cream. Probably the second one is cookies. How many of you love cookies? All right. Well, you can't have mine. Anyway, <clears throat> I, I struggle with selfishness too. But uh, let's just imagine this jar of cookies was given to me by, by Julie, our producer. And um, by the way, 
it's a dangerous thing to give somebody a jar of cookies that you can see through. All right, but let's say she, she gives this to me. She says, now, Dale, I'm putting these, I, I want you to take these cookies and put them on that table because they're for Jeremy, all right? He's saying, you know, so hard today. He's doing such a good job. We're rewarding him with these cookies, all right? And I want you to promise me, Dale, because I heard you like cookies, that you are not going to take one cookie out of that jar. And I look at her and I say, Julie, I promise I will not take a cookie out of the jar. And then she walks away. And... I put the jar down and I kind of look at the cookies inside and I'm hungry, all right? Because I haven't really had breakfast, although I had a little Snickers bar. And, um, and I'm thinking to myself, I need the energy right now. And then I just kind of inadvertently open the jar and I just... <laughs> you can get high on that, all right? <clears throat> Chocolate vanilla in between, and I kind of swish it around, you know, like fine wine in the, gla- in the, in the, in the uh, light, and I think to myself, you know, Jeremy's not going to eat all these cookies. If he does, he's going to be sick, and I don't want him to get sick, because then I would have to lead worship, and that would make everybody sick. So I feel led of the Lord to remove some of the possibility of him getting sick. So I reach in and I grab a cookie. Meanwhile, I hear Julie's voice going, promise me you won't take a cookie. And, and I promise, but we're friends and she knows I probably didn't really mean it anyway. So then I pull the cookie out and just as I'm covering up, I hear her coming and I like do this whole thing and I hide it under my Bible, right? And, uh, and then she says to me, Dale, I go, yes. She goes, did you take a cookie out of that jar? <laughs> the moment of truth, right? Remember that when you were a kid or even as an adult, that moment happens and you start to sweat like inside. You're sweat, I mean, inside your body. You just feel it, you know, starting up. And I look at her and I go, no. Right, here's my question, okay? When did I lie? A lot of people say, well, you lied the moment you said no. And I'm here to tell you that's wrong. Yes, I, I lied there, but I lied way before then. Who said, well, when did you lie? When I grabbed that cookie jar and I opened it up and I stuck my fingers in there, that's when I lied. I said, no, that's stealing. Yes, it's stealing. I took something that wasn't mine. It belonged to Jeremy. Actually, it belonged to Julie. He was giving it to Jeremy. But I stole that. I, I lied before I stole that. See, I had to convince myself why it was okay for me to steal it. I had to convince myself that I needed that cookie. I had to convince myself that it was okay for me to have that cookie. I had to lie to myself till I could believe that lie, which then led me to steal that cookie. Listen carefully. Before you ever commit any other kind of sin, you will always, always lie. I wrote this down this week when I was thinking this through. I said the essence of lying is self-deceit. The convincing of ourselves that whatever we are lying about is worth the benefit that we will gain. Lying is the most selfish thing you can do and precedes every other sin you will ever commit. Think about that. Murder, rape, gossip, whatever it is, whatever act of selfishness, whatever sin you commit, it will always be preceded by a lie you tell yourself 
that enables you to commit that sin, that justifies in your mind why that cookie should be yours. And that's why God hates lying so much. Because lying is what Satan used to get mankind to sin against God. And what he continues to use to cause us to rebel against God, it is what we do in our lives that opens the door to all kinds of other sin in our lives. So God hates lying and for a very good reason. And we ought to hate it too. Because not only does it interfere in my relationship with God, it interferes in my relationship with you. Write this down. Lying is wrong because it brings trouble into our relationships. Lying is wrong because it brings trouble into our relationships. It breeds mistrust. It breeds jealousy, anger, resentment, all kinds of stuff. In fact, lying can actually cause physical harm to some people when these words were written back in the ancient cultures. They didn't have forensic science. And so when something happened between two people and it went to court to be decided who was guilty, they would look for witnesses, and a witness played a very key role back in those days, even more so than they do today. And let's say it was a serious crime I was being accused of that I was not guilty of, right? But I'm the defendant. You find a witness who's going to take the stand, and that witness knows I'm not guilty. I want that witness to stand up there and say, Dale did not do it. I want them to tell the truth because if they lie about me because of bribery or they've been threatened by the other person, it might cost me my life. That's why we have laws against perjury. It's a terrible thing to lie about others. Proverbs chapter 25 puts it this way. Read it with me. Telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with an axe, wounding them with a sword, or shooting them with a sharp arrow. How many of you have ever been hurt by a lie? Let me see your hands. All of us have, more than likely. I've been lied about over the years as a pastor and leading church and bringing out change. Not everybody always loves it. I've had some people say the wackiest things about me, and I hear about it later on, and I go, man, if that's true, I wouldn't even like me. If that was true, my wife wouldn't even like me. And it was fabricated, it was made up, but it did this damage. Proverbs 26 puts it this way. Let's read this aloud together. A lying tongue hates its victims, and flattering words cause ruin. Now, it's a horrible thing to lie about somebody behind their back. And we all know it, we still do it, but we all know it. It's wrong. It's wrong, and and there's consequences for it. But listen carefully, there's, there's another issue that we especially who call ourselves Christians have somehow convinced ourselves is not wrong. And that's when you lie to someone's face and say something to them that's not true. Now, I'm going to use a, a silly little example, but I hope you'll get the point I'm trying to make with this. I'm amazed at people that you'll run into sometimes who will justify lying based on the fact they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. I don't want to hurt my boss. I don't want to hurt my kids. I don't want to hurt my spouse. I don't want to hurt my neighbor. I don't want to hurt this, that, and the other thing. So I tell them what I think they want to hear. I, I don't want to offend them. And, and Pastor Dale, listen carefully to me, Pastor Dale. I, I agree with you. Lying is bad. But in some cases, it, lying is, not, is really not bad because, you know, sometimes you just have to lie in order not to hurt someone. And we make it sound as though we're thinking about the other person. And that's not true. Let me give you an example. How many of you are married? Let me see your hands. Okay, now, imagine if you're married or let's say you have a girlfriend, that your wife or your girlfriend comes to you and they say, do you think I'm, do you think I'm putting on weight? 
Now, listen carefully. That is not a question. Okay? That is a statement. And what she is saying is, I think I'm putting on weight. Do you agree? Now, that's a very dangerous moment in a relationship, isn't it? <laughs> All right? Very dangerous moment. By the way, skinny people never ask you, do you think I'm fat? Skinny people say, let's go and have a couple of uh, quarter pounders of cheese and go to Overweiss afterwards, right? All right? I mean, when, when, you know, when someone says to you, do you think I'm putting on weight? What they're saying is, I think I'm putting on weight. Do you agree? Now, at that point, as a husband or boyfriend, what do you do? Most of us lie. And we don't lie simply because we don't want to hurt that person's feelings. We lie to our, I'll use this example, we lie to our wife because we don't want to deal with the wrath afterwards. Because we know the moment we say, well, honey, I do think you are uh, getting a little heavier. I do think you put on some weight. We know we are in big trouble. No food. We're going to be sleeping on the couch. She's going to be grumpy. The whole family's going to go on a strict diet. You know, it's just not going to be happy land. All right. And so who are we thinking about? We're thinking about ourselves. And so we tell a little fib. That sounds better than saying we tell a lie, right? Or we tell a little white lie. And so white lies, God goes, oh, that's a white lie. It's okay, all right? But we lie. We tell a lie in order to save our own skin. Remember the cookie jar. It's all about me. Now, having said that, listen carefully. Having said that, women, do not go home and ask your husbands today... If they think you're putting a few pounds on because you will be causing them to sin. (laughs) Do you see how that works? All right. So don't do that. All right. Now you're doubly guilty of sin. All right. Speak the truth. I was I heard about uh, pick on the guys from it. I heard about a a, a man and his wife. They were going to go out to dinner. And uh, they're getting ready to go to dinner. It was in the evening. And they're upstairs in the bathroom. And she's sitting down and putting her makeup on in front of the mirror. And he's sitting there and he's shaving in front of the mirror. And all of a sudden, he drops the shaver. Kabang! It goes on the counter. And he just stands there and he looks in the mirror. And he drops his jaw. And he goes, where did that athlete go? Who is that stranger looking at me in the mirror? Look at those arms, they're pencils. Look at that chest, it's sagging. I got the belly of three men. And I'm in trouble. He looks at his wife and says, say something to encourage me. And she says, well, your eyesight is still good. (laughs) Now, there's there's a righteous woman, right? She refuses to lie like some guy might do. She speaks the truth, but she does it in a positive way. Okay, you get my point, right? All right? Because here's the issue. Listen carefully. Once, once I justify a lie, once I, I excuse and say, you know what, I don't believe in really big lies, but I don't want to hurt this person, so I'm just going to tell this little lie. The moment you do that, it opens the door to tell Another lie and another lie and another lie. And pretty soon, you know what we're doing? We're excusing all of our lies. And that's wrong. Third point I want you to jot down here. Lying will bring you worse consequences than facing the truth. Remember our panel back here? Remember when I asked the kids why we lie? And one of them said, because we don't want to get in trouble. 
And we convince ourselves, you know, if I lie, there won't be any consequences to it. When the reality is, the consequences are going to be greater than if you told the truth. I think it's interesting how oftentimes we will convince ourselves, I have to lie because I don't want to face the wrath of my spouse. I don't want to face the wrath of my parents. I don't want to face the wrath of my, my friends. I've got to lie. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to be disassociated. I want to get a bad grade. I don't want to be grounded. We're worried about what might happen to us based on what somebody else might do to us. When do we ever stop to think of how God feels about it and what God might do? You know what I'm trying to say? I'm more fearful about what people might do, what the consequences are in my relationships with people. Why don't I ever think about the consequences in terms of my relationship with God? See, but God's a God of grace and a God of love and a God of forgiveness and a God of mercy. Totally agree with you. But listen, God will not be mocked. Yes, he is all those things, but God's not going to stand there and let you sin against him and ignore it. The Bible says God chastises those whom he loves. And God says, I'll not let you mock me. I'll not let you sin and act as though I don't care and give that message to everybody else. Because I care deeply. I love you as a parent. And if you don't repent, I'll corner you until you do. Isaiah says something very interesting in the 57th chapter. It says, of whom, God says, of whom were you worried and fearful when you lied and did not remember me nor give me a thought? Here what God's saying is, like, who were you intimidated by that you lied? Did you think about me? Did you give me a thought? If you had, you would have told the truth because you know it's more intimidating to lie in front of me. I see what's going on here. See, I think one of the problems is, especially now we're talking about families raising kids, is, is when we don't have consequences in our homes for sin, especially the sin of lying, which is just, you know, we come out and it's, the, the switch is on in us. When we don't have consequences for it, it breeds further sin. It breeds further rebellion. And because lying is at the root of so much of our sin problem, he got to be dealt with right there Right away and in the family with our children. That's why we have a nation of liars today. Because in our homes, we're raising kids and there are no consequences for lying. Why don't we have consequences for lying in our families and our homes? Because we don't want to own up the fact that our kids may not like us for the consequences. We're so big in this idea that my kids are my friends. Hey, I told you before, I'm not parenting my kids in order to be their friend. Because if being my kid's friend means I have, to, I have to bend my discipline to make them happy, who's now in charge of the home? It's not the parent anymore, is it? Now, I hope someday my kids and I will be friends. But in the meantime, I have to tell them what the truth is and what the consequences are when you violate the truth. And then I've got to enforce those consequences. And when my kids get in trouble at school or, God forbid, with the police or other authorities, and they come knocking on my door or calling my home and say, your kid did this, your kid did that, and my kid comes home and says, that's not true, I've got to be willing to listen to those authorities and not immediately defend my kid. And in our culture today, parents are quick to defend their kids. My little Johnny or my little Jenny could never, ever do that. What parents are really saying is, I don't want to own up the fact that my kid probably did that. It would make me look bad and I need to look good. And when I was a kid and I got in trouble, 
I had to prove my innocence. My parents believed the authorities first. There's that much respect there. And I'm just saying to you as a parent, listen carefully to me. You, need, you, you and I should know the nature of our kids. And we should know that they are prone to not tell the truth. And when they're caught, yes, get the facts. But when they're caught, don't be quick to defend them. Because when you're in a tight spot, what do you want to do? Earth, earth to Mars, Mars to Earth, Dale to Earth. What do you want to do? Oh, come on now. You act like you've never told them before. What do you want to do? Lie. So do your kids. And the way you prevent that is to lay down the rules and enforce the rules clearly. This is so simple. I feel embarrassed for having to say it. But it's a problem in our culture today. It's a problem in our culture today. We've got to hold up truth as a standard, and then we've got to spell out what the consequences are. Because God says he cannot bless our lives when we are lying, but he can bless our lives when we are being truthful. I love what it says here in Psalm 34. Come, my children, and listen to me, and I will teach you to fear the Lord. Does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Let me ask you, how many of you like to live a life that's long and prosperous? Let me see your hands. I can't believe some of you are not raising your hands. Kind of life are you living, all right? Every one of us wants to live a life that's long and prosperous. Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling what? Lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. Here what God's saying is tell the truth. Just tell the truth and I can bless you. Tell the truth and I can encourage you. Tell the truth and I will love you. Parents, please listen carefully to me. I know you love your kids. I love my kids. But I knew when I was raising my kids that they were liars. Because they were born that way. And I knew that any time they tried to prove otherwise to me, I had to really examine them hard and close. Because I know the spirit of lying because it's in my own heart as well and yours too. So it doesn't mean we never believe our kids, but it means that we spell out, here's the truth. And if you don't tell me the truth and I find out otherwise, I'm telling you what, there are severe consequences as a result. Why? Because I don't like you? No, I love you. That's why. And I want the best for you. I want God to bless you. What's the result of lying? Look at the world today. Look at the culture today and you see it. Let's make up our minds this morning as the Compass Church that we are going to be truth-tellers individually and as families. I want to challenge you when you go home today, if you have a family, sit around the table, hold each other's hands and say, you know what, let's all commit from this day forward. We're going to be truth-tellers. Parents, tell your kids that when they tell the truth, you're going to bless and reward them like God does. But when they don't tell the truth, there's going to be consequences. And then enforce those consequences. Those of you who are single, tell your friends, I want to be a truth teller. I want you to hold me accountable to it. Because I want God's blessing and I want to honor God because it's right. You know, this morning we come to our own table, our family table. It's a table that symbolizes the table that Jesus was at with his disciples where he celebrated the meal we call communion. You know, this meal reminds us that God loves us. It also reminds us that we are sinners and we don't deserve his love. But this table shows us that God loved us so much he sent his son Jesus to die for our sins so that we could be forgiven. This morning as we come to this table, would you just bow your heads to me for a moment? 
And as we prepare to take communion today, would you confess your sins to the Lord? See, everybody here can take communion. The only requirement is that you know Jesus personally. If you've not made that decision, then abstain from the meal. I respect you for that. If you want to know how to have a personal relationship with Jesus, come to Gethsemane and tell me, I want to know Jesus personally. And, and we'll talk to you. And we'll help you come to that relationship. But even as believers, the Apostle Paul, inspired by God, said that we as Christians should examine our own hearts before we take this meal of God's love and forgiveness and ask Him to cleanse us. The Bible says if we confess our sins, He, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, hear our confessions. Some of us today, Lord, struggle with lying. And we've been dishonest. We've been lying to ourselves. We've been lying to others. We've been living a lie. And we ask you to forgive us. Today, oh God, we want to become truth tellers. Wash our lies away. Change our hearts. Father, some of us as parents have not been dealing with lying in the home. Maybe it's because we ourselves struggle with it. Today, we make a new commitment that our home is going to live and stand by the truth. Pray for our students who are here, Lord, who face this as such a battle in their lives and the culture they live in. They live amongst so many liars. Oh, God, raise them up to be truth-tellers. We don't want to be like Satan. We don't want him to be our father. God, you are our father, the author of truth. So speak to us today, we pray. Amen. The first element that we'll observe this morning is the bread. As you hold that morsel in your hand, it's a reminder to you and me that God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die in our place so that we would not have to die eternal death. Be thankful in your heart for what he's done for you.